0: Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash Thompson, and today we are taking a deeper dive into the Detroit Lions Thursday night victory over the Green Bay Packers. Let's get it on. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is... The Detroit Lions Podcast. Okay. I want to talk about the Lions' first touchdown a little bit. Like, watching it live, it just looked like the Packers' defensive back, Razzle Douglas, fell down. And that's true. He did. Uh, He did fall. There's no denying that. But it's why he fell that I want to go into. Because Ben Johnson made him fall. And I know that sounds insane. Like... You're watching or listening to this right now and saying, I'm nuts. How can a coach make a player fall mid-game unless it's like a Mike Tomlin on the sideline throwing the leg out to trip a kick returner kind of thing? But I'm going to tell you how right now. On the play, the Lions were in an extremely tight formation with an empty backfield, with Jameer Gibbs as the widest receiver and both tight ends, all of those on the right side, away from where they're going to go with the ball. On that side, also, just so we know this, if you're watching replays of it later, they ran a set of patterns that later in the year is going to result in a giant game to Brock Wright in the second Green Bay game. I'm just calling that right now. But the Packers are lined up in their four-man line, two-deep safety shell defense that I was talking about last week in the, the preview of what their defense does. That's what they were lined up in pre-snap. Now, to the left side, St. Brown is out wide, but not that wide. And David Montgomery's in the slot. And the Lions run what, on the surface, looks like it's going to be a pick play to spring Montgomery free. St. Brown runs interference with Quay Walker, who has Montgomery in one-on-one. And Montgomery is just running like a one-yard out route. That's that's what you would usually be trying to complete on this play, is basically just St. Brown kind of gets in the way and then shimmies out of the way. And, and Montgomery gets the ball and, and goes for, you know, like, yards, something like that. That's also going to get a huge gain for the Lions at some point uh, because it's a very well-designed play in that particular regard against certain coverages. Uh, They've done that play a few times because the corner tends to try to switch over to Montgomery. And the Lions have used that tendency in the past to have St. Brown just do a really bad job of preventing Quay Walker from getting out of the way, or from getting in his way, I should say, which leaves because the corner has come off and kind of gone over to the running back. It leaves Amon Ross St. Brown open for a couple steps at the very least. What Russell Douglas knows that the lions know (laughs) that they can use this play to to debate the corner. So instead of that, what he does is he jumps Amon Ross St. Brown's route. Like if Jared Goff throws that ball, That's a pick six. And Jared Goff cocks his arm back. Douglas is prepared. Closes on St. Brown like he's been shot out of a cannon. But our story does not end with a pick six, as we are all aware. What St. Brown does instead is a quick spin after Razzle Douglas has committed to jumping the route. And he takes off toward the corner of the end zone. Douglas is so shocked that he falls down, uh, trying to turn around and, and, and chase his man. St. Brown heads into the end zone uncontested. And they knew Razzle Douglas was going to do that because he tried to do it last year, and Ben Johnson caught that. So when people say that the Lions are a very well-coached team, that's the kind of thing that they're talking about. That's how Ben Johnson built his offense. There's that first wrinkle of okay, we're going to run a pick play to say where St. Brown basically stops someone from covering the running back and that'll go for 10 yards. And then teams will adjust to that and they'll know that that's coming. So we're going to start having him do like a, a, not particularly good job of doing the pick. So that'll leave him open for a 10 or 15 yard gain in the middle of the field. But now teams are adjusting to that again. Okay, cool. So you have your corner jumping that route now. Awesome. He's just going to turn and go a different direction and be wide open for a touchdown. And the thing is, the second anyone adjusts to that, David Montgomery's open for the original play again, and they can just dump it there for 10 or 15 yards. That is the beauty of the design of that particular play from Ben Johnson. And then there's the whole thing with the backside stuff that is just beautiful. It's two deep routes. And Brock Ray just runs out to the sideline. So basically you have two potential blockers and Brock Ray catching what amounts to like kind of an almost screen pass with two blockers running out in front of him and nobody else out there. That would have been a first down as well. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, that's that's the particular play that I thought illustrates what is so amazing about this offense under Ben Johnson. In this particular game. I'm not doing a lot of stats in this one. I'm just tired of saying just numbers all the time. So I'm just going to go over some of the schematic things that uh, the Lions did in this game. That was the reason that they were up so much so fast. Immediately following that touchdown, the Packers came out in their heavy personnel to open the next drive. And the Lions opened in what's called a 4-3 underlook. And the reason I want to talk about this is because I think there's a lot of confusion about what this is. Because it looks like Jack Campbell is an edge and he's not a pass rusher in this formation. He's standing there like it's a 3-4 defense, like that's what it looks like with him as one of the two edges. But if you look at where the defensive linemen are placed, there is, in this case, it was Bugs is the one technique, or just slightly off to the side of the center, then Olym McNeil was in the three technique, or basically just shading the guard on the outside, so he's kind of in that gap between the guard and the tackle. And then Joan Kaminsky is... To Bugs aside, head up on the right tackle. And then basically out wide is Aiden Hutchinson, which is always good when Aiden Hutchinson is out wide. But in this, uh, Campbell is not a pass rusher. That's not what he's there for. That's not the intent of this. Like, there's consternation about him coming up on their play. But like on this play, for example, the Lions got a sack. And the reason is because of where Jack Campbell was. He's not rushing the passer, He's dropping into coverage, so he takes a step forward like he's going to rush the passer and then immediately goes into a backpedal. He fakes the rush, drops into a shallow zone underneath, right where Jordan Love's first read is on this play to Christian Watson. Love is staring Watson down immediately, and there's a 6'5 Jack Campbell problem staring him in the face, stopping him from going anywhere with the ball this alignment also messes with the protection package from green bay because john kaminsky is lined up head on with the packers right tackle but because campbell is out there they have to prepare for kaminsky to go inside and basically the guard is thinking that's my guy i'm gonna have him and i'm just gonna have to pass protect that but kaminsky rushes to the outside because campbell is not pass rushing and then there's a guard just standing there doing nothing in space basically. So then Ali McNeil splits the guard and tackle on his side and Isaiah Bugs has way more space than you ever want to leave. Most centers like lions fans have pretty much perpetually been kind of spoiled in that. We've had centers who could handle space pretty well from like Dom Royola on pretty much. Uh, Most centers can't do that. Like they get, a gap on either side of them and they're just meat. And that's exactly what happened here is bugs pushed his guy up a little bit, threw him off to the side and good to go sack for bugs. And love had to hold onto the ball because of where Jack Campbell was placed and what zone he was dropping into. It's one of the five sacks on the night. Every once in a while they do blitz him, but he is a strong side, like a Sam linebacker, not an edge. In this, in terms of his actual role that he's doing, uh, Jerry's first interception is another example of the Lions having done some great scouting this week. It's a play action fake. Again, they were trying to get Christian Watson the ball. They were trying to get him in the space between the linebackers and the safeties and using play action to create more space. But Alex Anceloni immediately sees what's happening and gets to his zone drop. That's how he gets to where he can tip the ball as they were expecting him to not be there effectively or to stick with the running back. Instead, he drops back to 10 yards off the line, gets his hand on the ball. Love, who has not been really playing well at all this year, well, but has been bailed out by defenses that are not prepared for his mistakes. And I think that's over now. Like I think the Packers are in for a pretty rude awakening in terms of Packers fans and what they believe their quarterback has been up to this point and now what they're going to see NFL teams do to that poor guy. Whether he'll respond or not, who knows, but the the league has tape on him now, and that's the point where young quarterbacks show you whether they're going to sink or swim effectively. But either way, he tries to throw it into a gap that doesn't exist. He's throwing into triple coverage on this play uh, because Hanseloni knows he needs to close that. So tip, interception, great play. And it happened because the defense knew exactly what was coming. Like, if you watch that film, watch what Tracy Walker does to Christian Watson and where he's getting him. He's right there where the ball was going to go, and he absolutely destroys him. Like, Christian Watson was not catching this ball. This is, I always refer to murder balls. That's what this one was. He, Love threw him into a massive hit. Like, in the 90s, that play ends with Christian Watson woozy on the sideline as Jordan Love gets yelled at by coaches for throwing the murder ball. Um, They had it so well defended that even if Anzaloni did bite on the fake, it's just, it's just not a catch. It's a, a guy getting destroyed. And Tracy was the safety on the opposite side of the field. Like, it wasn't even on his side. He came over because he knew exactly where that was going and crushed him. Did I say enough times last week before the game that Tracy Walker is a damn good safety? Let me reiterate that. Tracy is great at everything except catching the ball. That's it. In every other way prior to his injury, he was a pro bowler in terms of the caliber of his play. And he seems to have just picked up exactly where he left off in that regard. Uh, Another cool thing from the Lions defense that I would like everyone to watch for. uh, It's something I've been seeing actually quite a bit in the NFL this year. uh, And and it kind of is the league's newest attempt to answer the question of how do we keep lighter personnel in that's more effective in the passing game for running downs? Because the most effective time to pass is when they think you're going to run. On first down, what the Lions are doing is they're moving Ifiado Melifonwu up to the weak side linebacker spot, leaving Tracy Walker as the single high safety on the back end. And then they're running something, either man underneath that or a cover three defense. Uh, basically, the cover three was with the corners and Tracy each having a third of the field deep. So if the receiver runs deep, it's basically the corners in man coverage anyway. They like there's no help over the top. Uh, So I really like this formation uh, because it just gives them so many options and so many different things they can do. And Melifonwu has been almost in every way, just crushing this role since he got put in the game. Um, The one thing that we're seeing from him that I'm kind of a little bit afraid that other teams are going to start picking up on soon is that, man, he's biting on play action like like a lot like it like it's bad. Uh, (laughs) And I get it. The way to win inside when you're his size is to be where other people don't expect you to be or don't expect you to be yet. Like his quickness is his only weapon. Hesitation in that role is death for him. Well, not death. It's a 215 pound safety getting trucked by a 315 pound guard. So blown play, let's say. But uh, it's leaving some shallow patterns on his side of the field completely uncovered for play action passes. So Lions quality control coaches, if you're listening, please pass that along to the position coaches so that they can coach him on that. Uh, Because in a week or two, an opponent's going to have a few games of tape on how they're using iffy and we'll all be screaming at the TV, wondering how you could possibly leave somebody that wide open. Uh, That's how he's just biting on play action stuff. Luckily, the Packers didn't see it fast enough and love was under pressure pretty much every time it happened. So it wasn't an issue in this particular game, but someone's going to block it up and they're going to get a completion and it's going to go for a real long time. That was one of the only things I saw watching the All-22 that gave me any concern going forward from this game. Like it was a, it was a, it was a beat down. Lions had the game won before it started just from having done this level of quality prep work. Like they had the team ready to go. And the players just showed up and punched the Packers in the mouth and did their job. It's a beautiful thing. Like, in the second half, up by 17, the Lions were playing the clock management game. So this they disappeared for a quarter thing. Like, that is what happens. Unless the team literally cannot stop you from doing anything. Or you're a jerk like the Dolphins head coach and you want to see if you can get the record. Uh, <laughs> which, more power to you. If the other team can't stop you, what are you going to do? um but back to Jerry Jacobs I've seen a lot of people saying he had a bad game uh guy had four passes defended and two interceptions that's not a bad game straight up uh one last thing I'm going to talk about here is David Montgomery uh because some folks are delusional about what the Lions should be doing supposedly at the running back spot uh here's a synopsis of what Montgomery did in the Green Bay game uh First Lion to rush for three touchdowns in Green Bay. Period. End of sentence. Uh, first Lion to rush for 100 yards and three touchdowns at all in a game since James Stewart in the year 2000. Uh, first Lion to get 150 yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns since Kevin Smith. Good old 34K in 2011. Joint Billy Sims is the only Lions player to rush for more than 65 in their first three games as a Lion. The last land to rush for a TD in their first three games was Barry Sanders in 1989. Montgomery was the first Lions back to rush for 65 plus yards in a TD in three straight games at all, let alone his first ones. Uh, Since Kevin Smith in the 2008 winless season, uh, David Montgomery is getting the most carries because David Montgomery deserves the most carries. Again, success rate over 55%. I'm just gonna leave that where it is. Like the Lions ran for 200 yards and three touchdowns. This is not an aspect of the football game that anyone should be rationally complaining about. 34 points is the most they've scored in Green Bay since 2012. It's the third time in 50 years that the Packers have trailed by 24 points at any point in any game at home. The Lions did this right. See you tomorrow for Around the Division, where I'll be talking about three teams that are doing it wrong. Let's bring it in here together. Lions on three. One, two, three. (laughs) You've had enough of that shit.